Hey, welcome back as we listen to our summer series of reaching back into the archives and drawing out of the wonderful training that David Watson did. I'm Dave Lawton and it's great to have you with the podcast conversations as you go. In this uh, podcast, our second of the series, we're going to be talking about prayer and fasting. David Watson really walks us through a strategy for setting up a prayer network that can model prayer to others. He engages 30 people and allocates a day a month to those people. But you know, uh, many people say that prayer is the vital ingredient that accompanies disciple-making movements. If scripture and disciple-making are done without prayer, uh, it is it is powerless. And movements are ultimately a move of God. So prayer aligns us with what God is doing. Prayer uh, helps us be filled with the Holy Spirit. Prayer pushes us into places where we would not imagine us possibly going in the past. Prayer forms and shapes movement. The Holy Spirit's work is what we are looking for. So within movements, we're not talking about creating something, but we're talking about joining what God is doing. And we're joining the work of God, aligning our hearts with God, and praying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Enjoy this podcast as you listen to David Watson as he takes us through the importance of prayer and prayer and fasting. I cannot emphasize enough the importance of prayer. Uh, By training, I'm an engineer. I I like systems. I like things that uh, are easy for me to to see the end of and tweak in the middle and get better production out of them. So we had had incredible success. We were at um, about 35,000 liters in, in India at that point. And I hired a marketing firm to come in and interview our top 100 church planters. And, and the, the thinking behind this is if I can analyze the ministry of the top 100 church planters, then I can cookie cutter the training and get everybody else as effective as they are. And the, the, the lowest church plant count in one year in the room was 50. And the highest was a little over 500 in one year. Churches started by their teams. And so they spent three days. We brought them all to a central location so the marketing guy didn't, and his team didn't have to move over. They developed an instrument to ask questions to see what they were doing. And then they went away, and a month later I get a call from the firm and says, we've got the results of our marketing study. Um, We're coming to your office in the next week if possible. And I said, sure, come on. And they showed up, and they said, we don't have any good news for you. There is nothing common in what those 100 people were doing to start churches or to start anything. They were all, they had different philosophies, different approaches, different everything. Um, and he says, well, there, there were some things that were, you know, the, the discovery process was there, but everybody gets that in the whole organization, so it can't be a, an identifier. If, if everybody's doing discovery, the top 100 doing discovery is nothing new. Uh, they were all coaching. Again, nothing new because everyone was doing that. And, and so I'm sitting there going, wow, how can we have 100 top performers 
who have our basics and are doing our basics, but everyone else is doing the basics also. And yet these guys are having incredible success compared to everyone else. And finally, we were closing up the meeting, and, and the guy said, there was one anomaly, though. And I said, anomaly? What's that? He says, of course, this is from a marketing perspective, not from my perspective. The anomaly was, says, all these guys prayed a whole lot. Average of six hours a day. I'm going, thank you very much. <laughs> the last sentence made the last two hours feel like I'm okay now. <laughs> and, and we sat down and we started going to those guys and talking to them about their prayer. Shadaku was one of those guys. You heard his, he's got a very regimented prayer and fasting of through the year, not just through a week or a month or a quarter. Their, their prayer is planned for the whole year. And their fasting periods, their training periods, their group and personal things, it, it's done all the way through. But, but here's what it broke down to, is these guys, these guys were doing about three hours of personal prayer every day. They were getting up at four or five in the morning, praying for three hours, eating their breakfast or lunch or whatever they ate at that time, and go, and go to work. Because most of these guys have secular jobs. They're, just, they're not just full-time, they're just workers. Then when they finished praying and they had their breakfast or lunch, I say lunch because in some cultures there is no breakfast. You, you go right to work and you work until lunchtime and you have a big meal at lunch and then only at dinner. And then at the first meal, their, their primary team joins them and they would, they would spend another two to three hours in prayer with the primary team. And that was the agenda of the meeting, was prayer. And they would, they would write down the needs on a board or on a piece of paper, and then they would, as a team, pray through it. And it was a lifestyle that, until we prayed, nothing was going to happen. Uh, I had another friend of mine, he's not in my ministry, but he had a people group that part of it was in Thailand and part of it was in China. And this was back in, in the 80s. He could not go into China to the group in China. He could only go to the group, part of the group in Thailand. And God just said, convicted, you're spending eight to ten hours a day with the group in Thailand. What are you doing about the group in China? Well, I can't go there. He says, but you can pray. So he literally, half this day, spent half the time with the group in Thailand and the other half of his time praying for the group in China. The group in China has a movement now. The group in Thailand does not so his prayer time was, and everybody who prayed focused on China. And without an evangelist, without, without a leader that came in and started, a movement emerged. Now part of that was relatives from one side was going to the other side. But the relatives were, had the same information, but they had started a movement. Again, the only difference was the time they spent in prayer. And I cannot, I cannot overemphasize the incredible, incredible need of prayer. Um, I strive to have uh, uh, over 20,000 prayer warriors engaged in my ministry at all times. And the number has gotten as high as over 100,000 at, at one time engaged in our ministry. 
How do you do that? How do you get a how do you get twenty thousand plus people praying for you? Praying with you, praying about your praying about what's going on in your life. That's it sounds kind of impossible, doesn't it? But it really isn't. Uh, on every day of the month, I have a different guy I pray with. So the first on the first I pray with the same guy on the first day of every month. Second day a different guy. Third day, thirty-first day a different guy. Actually, we just go to thirty because and then February gets messed up. <laughs> but uh, but during that time, we have committed that that we will we will pray together, whether it's by text, by Skype, in person, however we have to do it to pray. But it started out with me praying for them. I never asked them to pray for me ever. Said I wanted to model prayer to the people in my life, and so I would sit down and I would interview them. And I, you know, people say, "Well, I really don't have any prayer requests." I said, "Well, how many people do you know? Two hundred or so people. How many of those you know are Christians? How many of those you know are lost? How many of them have problems? How many are having great successes? How many of them have issues?" And all of a sudden, you got you got this massive amount of material that you can't pray through in a hundred hours. Simply by asking a few questions of the people around you, and, and we began talking to God because I did the same thing with my guys. We pray about their problems. They start praying for others, and they started coming out. Well, what are your prayer requests? You have the same. You have the same circle of influence. What does that look like? And over over a year's time, we built up a person for every day of, of the month. But, and, and they thought it was really cool, but they thought the program was only one day a month for them, where it was 30 days a month for me. They didn't know it was 30 days a month for me. I didn't say it was a program. I just said, I'm calling to pray with you. And then, as it got settled in and felt good, I started saying to them, you're praying with me on the 5th of the month, or you're praying with me on the 30th of the month. Who's praying? Who are you praying with the other 29 days? I said, I really encourage you to develop that prayer for every day of the month that we've been doing for the last year. Develop it. Work through it. And now you go from 29 people to 30 people praying with you to 930 people praying with you. And another year goes by. And and prayer requests are moving up and down as two tiers of three tiers of, of leaders and praying. And then as it gets to that same year period, those 900, you say, okay, you're praying one day a month with your key person. Who are you praying with the other 30 days of the month? And now it becomes 27,000 more which means you've got 28,630 people in the prayer network. Ideally, that's what it looks like. Now, how many of you have 28,000 prayer warriors? Okay, let, let's, let's just get real here. How many of you have three, uh, 10% of that? That would be 3,000. How many have 3,000 prayer warriors? 10%, 3,000. Okay. How many of you have... 300 prayer warriors, 1%. 300 prayer warriors. Okay, uh, I see four hands going up. 
Now, look at that. If you're only 1% effective in this, in this model, you've got more prayer warriors than you've ever had before. Ever. So you don't feel bad about I'm missing a few days. That, that's nothing to feel bad about, but you still strive to fill up those days with people. And, and even if you're only 1% effective, you got over 300 prayer warriors working with you. And I'm telling you, 300 prayer warriors will make a difference. My network at one time had over, over 100,000 names in it of people who were praying through this tree of prayers who would share things back and forth. And, and think about it, you're at 27,000. Well, the next step is over 100,000 in the next line, which means you're well over 100,000. In four generations of prayer, you can be well over 100,000 people praying for you. And it's only four generations away, so that information can move back and forth through that four generations very easily. And who's ever at the at the pinnacle is getting all the information, but also that's where my prayers went out to them and went from them and grew from them. So seeing a large prayer network takes time. I want to put this in perspective. It took us five years to develop that. And it took a full-time prayer coordinator to manage it once it got up to about 12,000 people. We just... We couldn't manage all the letters, all the requests. So I had to, I had to literally get a full time prayer coordinator just to manage the prayer times and and the stuff that was praying. So the, that's the kind of that's the kind of level of prayer. If you want to if you want to see wherever you're living come to Christ, I'm convinced this is the kind of level of prayer you're going to have to see. And all of our movements, these are these are the levels of prayer we see in all of our movements. The 72 movements that I'm involved in right now, they are all spending roughly five to six hours of prayer, and they all of them roughly have somewhere in the neighborhood of three to 5,000 prayer warriors directly related to them. Because of this, trying to fill up these months in, in each layer uh, of prayer. So... Your first, your first job when you say, I accept responsibility for whatever place it might be, your first job, and you need to see it as a job, is to spend at least half your time developing and maintaining that network for those first couple of years. And one of our principles... And I'll give you a lot of these principles as we move through. One of our principles, you've got to go slow in order to go fast. Now, in, in, my, in my church growth days, we said you have to build the infrastructure before you can build a church. You've got to put things in place so there's a framework for the ministry to grow on. And the primary framework for us is prayer. And you've got to get that in place. There's other, there's other structures that have to be in place. There has to be a leadership structure. There has to be a training structure. There has to be a coaching structure. There's, there's lots of structures that have to be in place. But none of the other structures can be built because prayer is foundational. And you try to build the other structures without prayer, and they don't succeed. And, and when we don't succeed in something, humans are very good about moving the goal. You know, it's not where I think it should be. Oh, well, that was too far, so let's move it back. Finally, you move it back, 
and you get happy. I'm, I'm planting one church a year. Okay, that's great. That's better than anyone else I know is doing. And yet, if you if you participate in the things we're asking you to participate in, and the way we're asking you to participate in them, in that same year you could see four to five thousand churches within four or five years. Doesn't happen overnight. Every single church has four years of somebody's life invested into it. Every single one of them. So people say, well, it's growing fast. No, it's not growing fast. It's multiplying fast. The growth time is the same for every single church, four to five years. But those in that four to five years, those churches are replicating. Same with the disciples. They say, oh, your disciples grow fast. And they do. Within three years of being a believer, every single one in our teams far surpassed the biblical knowledge of anyone from any church in the world, including seminary students and priests and other people. Because they spend every day in the Word, and most of them are covering 15 to 20 verses a day, reading and 5 to 10 verses in, in deep discovery. And when you do that every day of your life, you're going to cover a lot of material in three years. And they do cover a lot of material. And they're writing their own commentaries based from their perspective and their needs. And we're going to talk about that tomorrow. I might get to it this afternoon, but we'll try to get to it probably tomorrow. So that's what I want you to, to kind of think through, is that it's foundational. I don't have time to teach you prayer. We don't have time. That's a week-long, that's a week-long seminar. We just want to look at prayer. Those of you who have the, 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 the Contagious Disciple-Making book, we have one entire chapter on prayer giving you tactics on how to, how to develop prayer. And if you look at our, when we look at our, our core values, the first core value is prayer. The second one is scripture. That, I mean, when we, we say the importance of the core value, the third one is making disciples. The, the core values and how you understand them is what makes the difference in in your ministry and how well things are going to go for you. So we want to, we want, we just don't have time to sit there and drill deep on that, but you have time when you get back home to drill deep on it and work on it. But just know, you're going to have to stop doing a lot of your activity that's not producing anything and focus on activities that do produce things. And the activity that's going to produce the most work is your prayer life. I walk the streets of my neighborhood and I pray for every house. And as I get to know them, I pray for the people in the house. They have kids. I pray for the kids in the house. And it's amazing. People, people begin to identify me as, as a prayer, prayer, prayer guy in, in the community. And when they hit the wall, guess where they come? They come to my house. Say, I know you're a person of prayer. My wife is an attorney. She, I mean, you talk about the, the people in her law firm don't just have a bachelor's degree and a law degree. Almost everyone has a bachelor's, master's, PhD, and a law degree. I mean, these guys, educationally, they're the top one-tenth of one percent of the nation. My wife has five earned university degrees. And that's kind of the way her law firm works. Jan was the only evangelical in the firm. 65 attorneys, probably another 140 support staff. 
and, and, and her office is about, uh, see they've got nine attorneys and about 18 support staff at her office. She goes to work every morning at 7. The office doesn't open until, until 9. From 7 till 9, she's walking around and praying at every attorney's desk and then every support person's desk. She's been doing that for 12 years now. And they know it. And then they start, she starts getting now prayer notes sent to her from staff who aren't even Christian. In fact, they're skeptics. I mean, they're a whole room full of skeptics. And yet, when they hit the wall on anything, whether it's a case or a family matter, they, they send their prayer requests to Jan. And slowly, we're starting to see a change. If you're dealing with people who are skeptics, you're dealing with people who their brains work incredibly fast, incredibly agile people mentally, you're not going to convince them to be a Christian with words. You convince them to be a Christian with life. And they've seen enough of my wife's life. So, I mean, we've had spouses die. We've had partners die. Jan takes over the whole grief process inside the firm and has walked the firm through grief as, as spouses and partners have died inside the firm over these last uh, 12 years. That's the lifestyle we're talking about. Prayer is not just, I don't know what you call it, it's not a period of time. It's the way we live all the time. And I drive my board members crazy because if someone says, well, I have a prayer request, I just stop the meeting and say, let's pray. I said, we're never going to get through this board meeting if you keep stopping every time we bring up a prayer request. So I'm telling you what, the prayer request is more important than anything else, anything else we're doing at the board meeting. And it took them, I mean, the first year, they were just, I was driving them nuts. They stopped talking about wanting to pray. <laughs> And I said, no, we can't do that. It says when we hit a problem in our budget, we hit a problem in our staff, we hit a problem with our teams, uh, we need to pray about those things. I mean, we can sit here and make administrative decisions all day long, but if we don't stop and pray through these issues, what does that say to our team? What does it say to us that we don't care enough about that problem to spend 10 or 15 minutes before the Lord really? And that's the way we deal with every single problem spend the time with the Lord with it. And it changes your organization. It'll change you. You you begin to just, when you think it's time to pray, pray. Here's the other thing. When someone asks you to pray, don't text them back and say pray. Write the prayer out and text the prayer to them. Demonstrate that you're praying. Because that's a throwaway phrase, I'm praying for you. No one believes you prayed for them. You say, I'm praying for you. you believe people when they say, I'm praying for you? No, we don't believe that. It's just that faking good thing we have as Christians. I'll pray for you. Oh, see me, I'm holy. I'm praying for you. Sometimes I write a two-page email back to a person because the prayer for them was so intensive. The other thing that's really cool, I don't know about other phones, but my phone in the text messaging section I can hit a little microphone, and I can pray that I hit it sin, and I don't even have to type anything. So you don't you don't have to type out a prayer. You can actually pray. Just just lay them, start it, and pray. Hit the stop button and hit the send button, and you're done. You you said the prayer, and and they can listen to you pray wherever they are in the world. Make prayer a core value. 
and you're going to feel like you're walking through just a heavy, thick suit. But eventually, that's going to all fall away.